I could help the bejesus out of people. What happened to you, Dan? I'm all right. Are you, are you all right? Um, let's see here. So that's, um, <laughs> what has happened to the show? What has happened? Do you think this is what people <laughs> tune in for when it's not the show yet? No, it is the show. We're oh, on. Oh, come on, Dan. This is the show. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm trying a different coffee. I've only watched this, the uh, oh. film once since the last time we did this show. So. Hey, good for you. You know what that is? Evolution. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> before you congratulate me, I've started rereading. <laughs> I've started rereading the novel. So uh, oh, the biography. Yes, it's a good biography. It's this long. The one that uh, the one where he talks about well, the one where they write about the you know the forty five degree angle and. I remember, it's kind of weird sometimes reading iBooks. I read that in iBooks. That's how I'm, re- I'm reading it on the Kindle on my iPad, yeah. Okay. I, I still, all the little dots at the bottom don't give me a sense of where I am. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a particularly visual person generally, but I do tend to remember like where I read something, you know, in terms of how many inches into the book I was. Right. And so I get confused. I remember there's a lot about the hotel stuff in there. If I, if yeah, I too much, really. Yeah. Nobody needs to read that much about the hotels. Well, complete as somebody who's a little bit um, mm, compulsive about knowing every detail. I want to get this right. That's what he says. <laughs> I want to get this done right to show me all the blueprints. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my family came uh, back into town, so I have not been watching as many movies, but I'm still watching a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the film. I, I have watched uh, the Watchmen movie, I think, three or four times now. Really? Well, you know what? I, I put this in show notes, uh, but I, I, uh, I made a purchase. I, I bought like maybe my fifth Blu-ray ever. Blue, blue, Blu-ray. Bottom, bottom, I took a look at the, at the Blu-ray and I bought... It's a Blu-ray box with a book. I'm going to find the right player for you. You're going to leave happy. The Blu-ray box comes with a book. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> the book in the box. What do, you, what do you use for a Blu-ray player? Uh, um... I mean, it's it's almost like a close and play. It's it's. <laughs> remember those? You just you just drop it on down, and it and it. No, it's very very, like probably <laughs> to quote Homer Simpson or paraphrase Homer Simpson. I think I bought the second cheapest Sony Blu-ray player that they had. Yeah, on Amazon. It's real janky. And as I think I mentioned to you, I also have purchased a um, a a burning, ripping drive. The Burning Man. You call What's it? Called? I got a Samsung. Blu-ray something. But, but what's nice about this Blu-ray, uh, the Blu-ray box with the book, um, it was like uh, yeah, 69 bucks, if you know what I mean. But it... Um, no, I do, believe me. Mm, but exactly it, it, uh, it, comes, it comes with... It comes with... Uh, you get a four, it's a four-disc set. So you get the... I think it's the ultimate cut. Like, it's the really long one. Uh-huh. Mm, with all the parts in it, all the cartoon and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, plus, you get lots of really good extras... Plus, you get a DVD version of the theatrical one. Plus, you get the entire um, like six-hour motion comic on a separate disc. Oh, right, right. Yep. Which is pretty good. If you're a, more of a purist and you didn't enjoy the film as much as I did, the, uh, the motion comic's good. I fell asleep by, like, you know, issue three. But uh, And, 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 this is why this is great. It comes with a hardcover of the, uh, you know, Watchmen book. So I think that's a pretty good deal if you yeah. if you like if you like Watchmen stuff. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I have a very very inexpensive player. I mean, like embarrassingly cheap. But I, I just don't like the experience of watching Blu-rays. Like 
uh, the TV we got ourselves for Christmas has a feature that John Syracuse has probably had since the 60s. But what I love is if you pop in a disc, it automatically flips the input. And then I've, uh, so, I, I've uh, you know, tweaked out the uh, remote so that I can operate the disc from the um, TV remote. So I've, I feel extremely advanced, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's awful. And you get the ads and the, there's all menus. And anyway, uh, so uh, the film... We got Watchmen, Blu-ray. Uh, what else have I been watching? Yeah, yeah. I haven't read too much more of the Dark Knight stuff. I got kind of, I got a little derailed. My family goes back in town. We started kindergarten, so things have been a little busy. But I'm, I'm here. I'm here, and we have a lot. We have a lot to talk about. Today, yeah, you, yeah, you, you even texted me ahead of time, and you said you had a topic. I got, I got a bunch of cards here. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, do you? Do you really? No, I don't. I actually don't. Um, you can see what I prepared. Go to uh, go to the show notes. Show notes uh, can be found at five by five TV mm-hmm. slash B two W. That's a B is in Broadway. Two is in the number. W is in Watertown. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a place near John Syracuse. Uh, slash. Can I can I slash one three three? Can I set the can I set them to yeah. uh, to preview? One is in hospitalization. Uh, three is in mineral water. And uh, three as in wackadoodle. So if you go there right now, if you're listening live, you can see the show notes in preview. Put it in preview? Yeah. Put it in preview. Why not? See my screen grab there? That's what, that's what my notes look like, more or less. That's cool. Yeah. That's your fancy that's, app. That's, what I want to, that's one thing I definitely want to talk about. Because mm-hmm. the game changed this week, my friend. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about that now, but... Um, Oh, you wanted to talk about, uh, uh, well, this, do you want to do this is a show. You? Yeah. Th- this is a show about, about Apple and about helping, helping people use their computers. This Yeah. Show. It's about the competitive landscape around various, uh, vis-a-vis <laughs> technologies, Nokia, yeah. different technologies, technologies uh, the collision. You got Android. Yep. Uh, you got the other things. It's pronounced collusion. Samsung. <laughs> a little bit ping pong. Mm-hmm. I read a great thing about MSG this week. It's it's almost like the vaccines, Dan. I, the, the 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 veil is being torn away from this whole anti MSG thing. People yeah. are finally coming around to the idea that MSG is one of the greatest things that ever existed. Oh, you like the MSG? Turns out, why doesn't China have a headache? Just saying. Anyway, um, that's <laughs> <laughs> super duper. Wow. Painful. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, okay, let's do it. Let's burn through. I'm going to go through. I have lots of follow up that I will go through very quickly because I have follow up. Yeah, I only have two items for the whole we have, show. Oh, okay. We have, we have Apple Talk uh, because we're exploring the competitive landscape. Uh huh. He's Bionic. And uh, then we're going to talk about uh, Nokia. Okay. And, uh, and the, the downfall of Blackberry. And the Moto X. What happened to the Blackberry? <laughs> it is execrable what happened to the Blackberry. So, do you want to hear about the good thing first or the bad thing first? Both uh, of them this, involve this, my children and diminish? my computers. Oh, I want to hear. Is this going to diminish my FU? You go first. It's your show. No. Whatever you want to do is fine. You know care. what? It really is my show. I yeah. checked on the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, let me do some quickies. And this is all stuff that I have uh, put into the show notes. Uh, first of all, at, at long last, after much uh, waiting and uh, uh, very exciting thing, the incomparable... Episode Dan, I don't know if you know about this. The Incomparable is one of the flagship premier podcasts on the Five by Five Network. Are you aware of this program? I am. They're great. They do a great, uh, fun show over there. 
Oh my God. I love that show. Um, the Incomparable, uh, hosted primarily by our friend uh, Jason Snell with a, a wonderful uh, rotating, uh, rotating, is that what you say? Spinning. Sounds dirty. Spinners. They call them spinners. Yeah. It's like a little guy. Um, you, you get. <laughs> I, should, I should have stuck with the old coffee. <laughs> um, is it too much or not enough? Ah, yes. <laughs> so this episode of The Incomparable, The Incomparable is a show that everybody should be listening to. Here's what you should be listening to. You know what? I, I'm going to play favorites. You should be listening to The Incomparable. You should be listening to Bionic. Uh, you should be listening to all the shows that, that Dan is on. Uh, it's a heck of a network. I don't know if you heard about this 5x5. Five five. It's really going places. I heard nobody listens to it, but I'm... Oh, it's because you keep pushing all, the li- pushing all the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so The Incomparable episode about the, the comic Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Um... Uh, Dan, this is easily the least embarrassing of my three visits to The Incomparable. I comported myself well. Okay. I, 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 I've asked Jason if he ever has me back on the show to please have me on to talk about something I don't like a lot so that I can, you know, you know uh, be, be a little more measured. But uh, it's really good. And so we talk about this comic. Who is it? It's, it's me. I'm going to have to look it up to get it right. I hate leaving people out. Uh, Jason Snell, Dan Morin. Um, uh, it was um, Tony Sindelar. I don't have it in front of me. But, uh, but it was good. It's called Seahorse on Line 1. After the I love uh, that title. Yeah, it's the agent uh, uh, for the stock and the will. And the definite article. And uh, anyway, that's really good. That's in show notes. Please listen to that. I, I love how it turned out. Um, and uh, you, you know how it is, Dan, like with the film? You know, uh, like with the film, like with Text Expander, like with Squarespace. Sometimes we have to say it every week before somebody goes, Ah, maybe I should look at this thing mm-hmm. you keep talking about. And then it still happens. A couple times a week, people still go, oh my God, Hawkeye. Oh my God, Saga. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was the thing you were talking about. So uh, it's, it's, there's a fair amount of spoiler horn in it, but uh, the horn is sounded by, uh, by Jason. So there's that. Please listen to that. Um, uh, we don't have time to go through all of this. One quickie, I think this is via Gruber, a great site I found yesterday, I think via Gruber, Butterick's Practical Typography. Have you looked at this page yet? No, I haven't. Practicaltypography.com. And this guy put together, this guy who's a typography guy, he makes faces. I brought two of his faces. And uh, it's a wonderful little quickie introduction to typography. Um, you know, um, I, I enjoy that stuff. I'm not good at it. Mm. I, you know, I'm a total whacker when it comes to typography. I can't do it myself, but I, I love it when it's done well. And the site is just beautiful. Um, it reminds me, like, when the, in the early days when Zeldman was first, like, really making type on the web shine, where you go, like, how did you do that? Like... I, I didn't even know how to use style sheets, and he was making things look so good. Yeah. It's and, and if you're uh, looking to get started quickly, there is, uh, you know, I'm sorry. <clears throat> There's a little list of like the five things that you could do to like improve typography, like starting right now. Um, but it's it's wonderfully detailed. It's beautiful to look at. So Butterick's practical typography, and I bought two of his typefaces, uh, which is a little bit of coin, but they're they're awfully good. I bought um, where did I buy? I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me, but they're beautiful. Um, okay, and so I was going to talk a lot about this, but I'm just going to talk a little about this. A lot of other people have talked about this editorial. 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 It is a uh, new uh, text editor for iOS by, uh, forgive me if I get your name wrong here, Mr. Zorn, Ole, Ole, Ole Zorn, the guy who does Pythonista. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've been uh, testing this for a few weeks, and it's a hair-curlingly great iOS text editor. 
And I, I, we can't do it justice in, in even just a f- one full episode. Really? But basically, oh my goodness. It's, so imagine, first of all, like the best looking iOS text there. You can see it there in the screen grab. But you're looking at that and you're going, oh gosh, this is kind of softly pretty for an iOS text editor. Mm-hmm. But the, the real power, in, and of course, it, it's just beautifully designed in a functional way. Like you, you can swipe, swipe, um, you know, swipe to the left to go look at your Dropbox file list, which is updated automatically. Swipe right and you get to go to things like a browser um, documentation stuff and a console. What a console? Yes, because this is the guy who did Pythonista. So you can now have full on anything you can, pretty much anything you can do in Python uh, on iOS. Anyway, uh, he's he's put together some amazing stuff with Python. You can go build these workflows to do pretty much anything. Um, that that you know, pretty much if you can come up, with, it's like a, a lot like Automator on um, OS ten. But for example, like you look at that screen grab and you'll see at the top, you see those bookmarks. You can have bookmarks to files. That's so cool. Which is pretty great. You'll see one bookmark there, which is a, a bookmark to a workflow, which is, what was it called? Um, link here. So, for example, I can click link here, and that adds something. Um, it pops in a link, an editorial link, that I can drop in anywhere to that file. Mm-hmm. So I can get to those bookmarks. You can go in there's all kinds of flexibility. Like, in this case, let's say my comics list, I, I access that a lot. So I put that up there. I click that. It opens it right up. <clears throat> really outstanding, but it can also be links, like I say, to workflows and stuff. Um, and what is the other marquee feature? So that's, I, I, I really would love to talk about it a lot because uh, anybody who's doing iOS text editing need, really needs to look at this. It is iPad only, but it's one of those apps where I, I would rather use this than TextMate for a lot of things. Really? Yeah, it's really outstanding. And if you think about anything you can do, if you guys go and grab a copy of it, you'll see that um, well, actually, let me, let me, let me suggest this. Go to, um, I think this is on, was this on Mac, Mac Drifter, Mac Stories. If you go to, this is in show notes. Um, you go to MacStories.net. Uh, there's an, a wonderful piece called Reinventing iOS Automation Editorial Review, which is, uh, a, a, a terrific review of all the stuff that this can do. And then the other big one was Mac Drifter. So Gabe Weatherhead did one called Editorial for iPad, a Landmark in iOS Text Editors with a, a really, really extensive introduction to what this thing can do. So even more than visiting the site, if you don't know what this thing is, go to look at Gabe's article. It's got videos, it's got examples, it's really, really exhaustive. It's like a little mini Syracuse-esque <laughs> walk through what all this does. Um, for, the, for folks who aren't into this stuff, you know, I can't help you. But you know, if you're doing anything on your iPad with text, this is really worth looking at, um, especially if you do any kind of functional writing involving links and stuff. Uh, you can do stuff like, uh, I mean, it's, it's bananas. You can do stuff to adjust images inside of this. I can't begin to even scratch the surface of all that this does. I, I, I spent a lot of time with it, doing mostly my usual stuff I would do. But just going in and I, I open up that uh, workflow area and I just have to close it because I realized I could spend like a week in there. And fortunately, uh, you can go and uh, get workflows from other people. And f- final, final note on this, Gabe has created a pinboard uh, tag called Editorial where he's posting a whole bunch of his own workflows and other people's workflows that you can just click to add. So oh, you cool. go you visit it on uh, your iPad, visit Safari or whatever, click it, and it just installs it a lot the way Drafts works. So this does not replace Drafts for me because Drafts works on uh, iPhone as well. But um, it's, it's sure, I don't even want to say it gives a run for the money. I mean, this is, this is like the pixies of uh, text editors. 
You so, mean the, the Nirvana of text editors. I was yeah. going to say Nirvana, but yeah. the Pixies were a huge influence on Nirvana, and Nirvana has an age as well as Pixies. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Um, got me a movie! Wish I could just sing some Pixies lyrics randomly. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll do that oh. later. And the sign. So uh, there's that. That's mostly what I had. Incomparable editorial. I'm really getting into pop clip. New edition of BusyCal uh, is finally fully out 2.5, which, which export, uh, supports Exchange. Former, uh, not former, but a, a, a sponsor of our show in the past, uh, BusyCal. Check that out. That's pretty much mine, I think. And then I have a topic later, but, but talk to me. Tell me things. Well, I have two things to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Plus two things you like. It's plus two things I like. Well, the, the, there's a good thing and a bad thing that I can tell you about. Two little do stories. To, do, do I get to pick? Uh, no, usually you say like there's good news and bad news. Yeah, which do you want? Good news or the bad news? Whichever you prefer. Well, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the bad news first because it's, oh. short, it's shorter. Okay. Uh, over the weekend... My two-year-old, she turned two very recently, accidentally poured a glass of water into my MacBook Air. What? Yeah. Are you sure it was accidental? Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, Dan, that sucks. So we'll see what happens to it. I've heard different things. I've asked different people. I asked on Twitter. So my, I, I picked it up and I turned it sideways and a lot of the water poured out of it. Through the oh. uh, through the Thunderbolt uh, port, oh, brutal. But uh, so then I thought, well, what you know, it, and it was still on, and I'm like, well, like it's all I don't have. You know, I, almost everything that I have is backed up, so it wasn't, and it, or or really not even stored on that machine. That machine is simply, in 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 your words, a portal to my to my data. A DOM terminal. Well, that's, that's a, yeah. the only that's the only redeeming quality of the tiny hard drive is you're less likely to use it as the only place you put stuff. Uh, do you know what yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, so what do this, you got? You got a two fifty or five hundred? What do you have in there? In that one, whatever the smallest. I mean, it was a. I think right. I got it out of a vending machine in an airport. I'm not even sure where I got it. <laughs> and uh, you know, like, do you, do you want a coffee? I get a coffee, and I'll take one of those computers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it wasn't. There is nothing about the computer other than the fact that I used it 95% of the time when I was using a computer. So it, uh, so she, she poured the water into it. I turned it on its side and the water poured out of it. And so then I remembered, you know, I'm supposed to put this in, in rice. So that's we, the old trick. The old trick was the old life hacker trick, which I used to resuscitate a phone once is you take your wet phone, you stick it in a bag of white rice and you leave it there for like what, three days. Yeah. So I put it in there and, uh, I, uh, I thought, well, will this do anything? Will this even work? Also the glutens. Yeah. So I put it in there and I left it in there for a day and which I probably wasn't enough, but then it was Sunday and it was really hot out. Like it gets a hundred degrees here. Easy. So I put it, and maybe this was bad. I don't know. So I put, put it outside in the heat. I thought maybe that'll either, either that will completely destroy it. And cause the condensation or whatever, or it will help it. And then I brought it back in and I've just had it sitting up like out of the way, just open thinking maybe it will dry out. And so I don't really know if this thing will ever come back or not. Now the guy at the Apple store, cause I had to get one of the new uh, airport base stations for the office 
and I was talking to the guy and he said, yeah, he said, it probably won't come back. And then I would worry, I would worry most on the face of it about the screen. I think the screen was not, was not affected by it. It was poured into the Did you close it? You would have closed it to put it in the bag, right? I did do that. Was that bad? No, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the um, conventional wisdom used to be, and this is a million years ago, was that like if you spilled a Coke into your laptop, it was probably game over. Yeah. But there are, I don't know, this could be an urban myth, but I've, I've heard a lot of people say, well, the first thing to do, you know, obviously turn it off. But yeah, get out as much of the water as you can gently. And then if it's just, I mean, it used, people used to say that if it's just water, hmm. it, it will, it may go away on its own. So... I, I don't know, but and with an SSD, you know what? I don't know. This Doctor Dran can probably write a post about this, but but so so have you tried it yet? I keep trying to turn. It turned itself off for me, which is really nice. But uh, it just works. It just I, stops working. Yeah, it just it knew to turn itself off, and I it hasn't turned back on yet. And I'm afraid. Do I plug it in? Do I charge it? Do I just keep waiting? I don't know. How long is not? How long is long enough before I plug it in? You know what I miss. Is FireWire uh, target disk mode. But would that even work? Because I think you can do that now with Thunderbolt. And, and oh, because I, cause, I mean, my, my inclination would be, I mean, I would, I don't know. I mean, the Genius Bar, the results can be. I'm not taking it there. Varying. I'm not taking but it. But <clears throat> if you took it to some kind of responsible nerd, that person could probably. <sighs> oh, God, I hate you so much. <laughs> could probably, you know what? I don't care. I'm glad your computer died. <laughs> Put your daughter on. I want to congratulate her. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, man. I don't know. I'm just going to let it sit. So one guy tweeted me the other day and he said, the same thing happened to me. I let it sit for two weeks and then I turned it on and it worked. He said, don't give up hope. Um, I think that's good. I mean, I, this is, this is, you know, your mileage may vary, but if it were me, I think I would empty out all the water I can if it just had happened to me. And then I would put it in the sun. Right. Open. Yes, that's what I did. Yeah. And I put it in the rice and I put it in the sun and now it's just resting. Uh, it's, okay. uh, and here's the reason this came up. I mean, in our, in our pre-call was that um, I was just saying like how, you know, you're just saying you got one of your machines back up and I was saying how I'm still on this MacBook Air because, you know, my Mac Pro kind of went boobies up mm. and it's, it's like, it's a terrible time to have to buy anything Apple. This is not a first world thing. It's just that like, I feel like given the entire Apple ecosystem right now, the, the interlocking nature of that, like I've been wanting to buy an iPhone 5 for a while. No way, obviously, would I buy that now. I've been wanting to get, um, maybe get a new iPad. Of course, I'm not going to buy that now. And I really, I need to either decide, like, am I going to get like a Mac mini to replace the Mac Pro? But you know what I'm saying? Like every decision you make about this stuff Something as simple as, will I go to a primary desktop box and not use my laptop anymore versus use my laptop instead of the primary desktop box? Well, that gets into stuff now about like what kind of hard drives you're going to get for it. Do you want to wait and see if these, it's a, and almost all of the items that I need right now to actually do my work um, is on the Mac Rumors page. It's like, don't buy, like wait, Mm -hmm. wait if you can, unless you absolutely need it. Yeah. And I, I think we're close. I don't follow this stuff super closely, but it seems like, even more than in some previous ages, this would be a terrible time to make the wrong decision. It would be a very costly decision. You'd give away a lot of features for the same price. It's a terrible time because we've got the new iPhone or maybe phones coming out in, like you're saying, like two or three weeks. September, yeah. We've got potentially new iPads coming out. We don't know what exactly anything about them, but that's in maybe October. We've got the new Mac Pro coming out in fall of this year. 
We've got tons of things. I think the only thing that, that it's, what is the, what is the one thing I was reading the other day that like, uh, is okay to buy? Was it that the, uh, the, the, maybe, maybe it was the MacBooks that were just <laughs> maybe like an airport express. Yeah. Um, which I just bought a new one of and boy, the configuration has gotten easier with those. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, oh new, my God. the airport base station that they came out with. And again, those are utility devices that I get if I, if I need that, like ours was having a problem. I just buy that. I don't really worry about it, but look at this, all this stuff. Here's what's green right now out of all of the Apple products. Especially explain what this is. Cause this is a great thing for people to know. About. Okay. You go to the buyer buyer's guide dot macrumors.com, which will be in our show notes. Uh, you go to this thing and it, it has little red, yellow, and green lights, which are supposed to indicate the status of all of the different products that Apple makes. So for each one of them, it'll tell you when the last, when it was updated last and everything else. So I was right. The MacBook Air is green. By now, the product was just updated in June. So yeah, it's based on t- uh, average life cycles plus the kind of chatter, the yeah. amount of, of likely rumors. And it's it's kind of a swag between the science of like, how long is the product life cycle? Like, it's unlikely that Apple's going to go three years without <laughs> a right. new iPhone. But, plus, but historically, yeah. it, you can look and see like the, how many the days MacBook between. Air, it's like it averages in the, you know, upper 200s, low 300s days of of update and we're 71 days into this MacBook Air so they're saying buy now. So for each of the different products they have right the only the, the iPod Touch is green and the MacBook Air is green. Everything else is either red indicating do not buy. See or, the iPod Touch I, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I, I iPod Touch though no, I disagree. Because what if they come out with a low cost iPhone mm-hmm. That's going to cost a little more, but gets you a freaking phone. Yeah, they're right? not that, quite... That's what I'm talking about when I talk about the, the interlocking nature. If you're in the Apple ecosystem uh-huh. and you have thousands of dollars sunk into apps, yeah. and I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying it's not as simple as going, oh, I'll just buy another $99 Android phone when it comes out. It, there are ramifications to like spending $600 on one thing, and then a week later, you know, it comes out and it's $600, but it's twice as fast. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that this does not take into consideration is will another product be re, be introduced that might step on the existing product? Uh, so we'll see. So what else is green? I'm, I interrupted you. That's iPod it. Touch. iPod Touch and MacBook Air. Everything else is either red, which means don't buy it, or um, or orange, which means it's mid product cycle. So it's anybody's guess. Well, like I love my MacBook Air, but if I bought a laptop, Mm -hmm. back to this ecosystem nonsense, if I bought a laptop, it would be a completely tricked out, pretty much like near top of the line Mm -hmm. MacBook Pro that I would just use as my computer. Right. But I don't want to, I don't, you know, do we know all the details on the Mac Pro? I mean, we know it's going to be pretty expensive. We know it'll be expensive, that's it. I don't see myself buying that because I think a Mac Mini would, would cover my needs. But again, Mac Mini, thread, right? Yeah, it's red. <laughs> so, anyway, it is frustrating because I have to go through all this this crazy uh, these acrobatics to to do podcasts. You know, to change all kinds of stuff on my desk and move things around and hook up the Ethernet to this MacBook Air in a different place. And you know, it's not a huge problem, but I'd much rather be on my giant screen with the Mac Pro doing that. So, so what are you going to do? You going to wait, wait it out? Well, I, I do have, I had switched to this because we had been using, I do have a, a Mac Pro Retina that we've been using here as our kind of uh, dual purpose. We've been using it uh, when the when we do design work and we've also been MacBook, using it. MacBook Pro. The MacBook Pro, what I call it? 
Mac Pro. MacBook Pro Retina. Thank you. And it's good thing they don't make it. They should call it the un- uncanny MacBook Pro. I know. I know. All, new, so all new MacBook Pro. We've been using that, and then we uh, we also use it if we need to record in any kind of a mobile situation or, or do editing work or whatever. It's for that. But I just reclaimed it. And so I'm using that as my main machine again. But I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait it out and see what happens and see if this thing... I'll give it two weeks. The guy said two weeks on, on Twitter, and I believe anything anyone says on Twitter is fact. Mm, yeah, it's like Wikipedia. Yeah. So Never I, if, wrong. he said two weeks, so I'm going to give it a couple weeks and we'll see what happens to it. If it comes back, great. If not, I mean, water, you should be able to tolerate You should be able to be submerged. This is what happens after Steve Jobs left. Used to be, you could, time was, man could pour water on his computer. <clears throat> What's the uh, good news? Well, the good news is, and this is also Apple related. Uh, do you want me to tell you about something I like first? Please. I mean, it's your show, whatever you want. Hey, Dan, can you tell me about something you like? Sure. Uh, Shutterstock.com is where you find over 20 million. It's an, an M. Stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. And start your search over at Shutterstock.com. You'll find whatever it is that you're looking for. Most people think about images because they have such great images. It's global. That means they're working. F- photographs. Photographs. Yeah. Fo- photogs. And these things are all over the world. These people taking these photos and submitting them. And when you buy something from them... You're, you know that you're supporting folks who are out there taking photos and uploading them and saying you're, you're supporting the independent photographers all around the world. And one of the things that, that, that they do is they make it very affordable because they don't charge you more for the large versions of the files, which speaking of Mac Pro retinas or MacBook Pro retinas, as you say, you want the high resolution images. You want to be able to provide those to people when they go to your site or when you're making that really cool iOS app and you know that people are going to be looking at with the retina display. You can, you can get the really high quality images and videos and vectors and illustrations and infographic templates and everything. They have all of this stuff at Shutterstock. They have 24-hour support during the week if you would need that. They've got an iPad app and a really, really fast website that makes it so easy to go and add images and create your little light boxes and share them with people and collaborate with folks. And uh, this, is, this is the one-stop shop for, for images pretty much. That's just, this is... The, the place to go really great ways to search very intuitive search and uh and they're they're really there's what more can i say these guys do it right so you can sign up for a free browse account and you never have to pay anything until you want to buy something when you do want to buy something the offer code you will use is back to work spelled out back to work with the number eight back to work eight you're gonna get 30 percent off any package you put together there for yourself. So uh, go check them out, Shutterstock.com, Back to Work 8. Thanks very much to Shutterstock for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. Pretty good, right? Yeah, that was flawless. You got the job. Second thing that happened is... Good news. Uh, Cash had a, a first-generation iPad. And m- more and more the games and applications and stuff that he he's wanting or that we're wanting to get for him, they start requiring a camera. They start requiring iOS, you know, there's silly things like iOS six. They start requiring that. And you know, even a game like this, uh, despicable me minions rush. I don't even know what that is, but it's a game that he really wanted. I'm not telling my daughter about that. No, my boy, but it takes, <laughs> <laughs> it takes a. Uh, it requires a banana. <laughs> it movie's so good. It's a good Sorry. one. It requires a camera. I don't know why it requires a camera, but anyway, 
most of these require iOS 6. So anyway, uh, here I am saying, okay, fine. He needs something new. Oh, I have an iPad mini. And I don't, I admittedly, I don't use it as much because I like the retina display of the regular iPad. So I, even though I love the form factor of the mini, I'm using the iPad retina way, way, way more. And I thought, you know what? I think I could just give him this, retire the first generation iPad, give him this, and he'll be happy with it. It'll be smaller and lighter for him to hold anyway. He's at the age now where even though he still throws stuff around, he doesn't drop stuff as much. Mm-hmm. And so I got this uh, like tech case for it, which is good. I can even, if I can find that and put it in the show notes. So I got the little bumper case for it. And, uh, and then I was like, well, how am I going to get all of his data for his saved games? Like he's invested way too much time in Infinity Blade 2 that if I wasn't able to restore his save games and, and all the other save games and the other applications, that would be bad. So how was I going to get this? And so I, I asked on Twitter, how, how do I do this? And everybody first read the first response was, duh, you make a backup of it with iTunes and restore it onto the new one. Well, that doesn't work. And I'm not sure if it didn't work. I think Marco got burned on this recently. He had something happen where everything was flawless except for Tiff's progress in some uh, candy floss game. (laughs) And she was all mad, understandably. Yeah, of course. But but I don't think it's, I don't think it's that dependable for one thing. Well, so I did get this working. I want to tell you how I I got it. And I did, did get it with help from the people on Twitter. So first I tried that just doing a straight out. Okay. I'm going to back it up and then I'll set up the, the, the iPad mini, restore it, and then set it up as a new iPad, sync all the backup back. Well, the backup from the first iPad took, it took like 30 seconds. I'm like, there's no way that this is backing up the whole thing because I'd never backed it up before on this computer. It wasn't updating. It, would, it was a new backup. There's no way it's updating. It, they're doing the whole backup in 30 seconds. So I knew that wasn't right. So th- I would try to restore it and it would come up and it would have like his background that he put, which was this uh, pumpkin. So I'm like, oh, it's good. But there were no apps. There was no data. There was nothing. I said, all right, that's not. Aha, uh-huh, that takes a while. Yeah. So then I said, okay. Uh, then people said, I said, by the way, guys, that doesn't work. Any other ideas? And they said, oh, it has to be an encrypted backup. Great. So I encrypt the backup. Now this backup took longer. Restore. Same crap. Didn't put anything on there. Then people said, no, no, no. It's got to be iCloud. And I thought, oh, iCloud, like that's going to work. But that's what worked. So I switched the backup on the original iPad. I switched it to using iCloud. And it it took about 45 minutes to do its backup up to the cloud. And then when I, I I one more time restored the iPad mini. And as you're going through the startup process, it says, do you want to restore? Yes. Where do you want to restore from? iTunes or uh, or the uh, or iCloud. I pick iCloud and sign, signed in. And then it shows me all of the different iOS devices that I have that I could restore an image from, including the one that uh, I had just backed up his old iPad. And I did that. This, so then it, re- it then that happened really fast. Like it took like three minutes. I'm like, great, this is screwed up again. But that was just transferring like the data, the saved games mm-hmm. and preferences. Then it says, it actually pops up a thing that says, we will now, uh, we will now download all of the apps from the app store and you'll be, you know, basically we'll restore it. That took hours, and I went to bed finally. It takes a really long time. Yeah. By but, the time but, I woke but, up in the morning, it was there, and it's yeah, worked. All it, his games were there. Everything was there. I, I, it is completely magical because you're thinking there's no way this thing's going to work. And the first good sign, like you say, you, you see, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. 
that's my background. Right. And like, oh, and all my apps are in the same place on the pages. It's just that they're, they've got a progress bar and it does take a while. But I think it's, in my, in my mental model of it anyway, it's the equivalent of like copying over your system folder, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You've got all your stuff yeah. and now it just needs, got all the data intact. Now it just needs to get the binaries to, to make it all, you know, to be able to use it. Mm-hmm. But isn't that magical? Isn't that, that's like such a huge feeling of relief to know that that can work. It really is. I mean, it, I've never, like I, you, now I'm finally in the camp of people like, yes, I will use migration assistant. I never used to trust it. I used to do mm-hmm. everything manually. Now I'll try that. I really actually think the iCloud is, is the way to go with this. Like if so I, the, when I get yeah. a new phone, I'm going to use iCloud to bring everything down next time and see how it goes. Uh, the, the problem, and I, again, I come out, the, come out this as a technology outsider. I don't understand what all this means. But to me, saying iCloud is becoming about as meaningful as saying internet. And like, well, what do you mean? Like what protocol? Like mm-hmm. what site? What, because, you know, there's things about iCloud, like the document syncing in iCloud can work fine. Like in, you know, like in PDF pen, like it, it works pretty darn well. Uh, using Dropbox, not part of the iCloud, but right. I mean, Dropbox is really dependable. But the, um, there are some things about iCloud that are real wonky, like getting stuff from GarageBand on your iPad um, onto into GarageBand on your Mac without going through iTunes. Well, oh, it's really, you just go into that, there's this folder in your library and you go to mobile devices or whatever. It's like, oh, come on. Like, oh, like here's the hack, the hack for this that, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's better than the days where you had to upload iWork documents via a website, but it's not that much better. So, I mean, it's, it's a shame in some ways that iCloud gets tarred um, with the reputation that, that it's gotten when, when some parts of it can work really well. Yeah. But at the same time, it's completely deserved tarring for lots of things. <laughs> There's some stuff where just, I mean, you look at how many developers just going, you know, this is crazy. Like, if I want to use this goofy iCloud, it's the only way I can, you know, I got to do it through the App Store if I want to do iCloud. And if I use iCloud, and it's like, I don't mind trusting the ecosystem for stuff because I, I trust Apple's taste and judgment mostly. But then something happens. Like, I had to replace my, my I, I lost my PayPal uh, credit card that I use for lots of online stuff. And and like, you know, this happened a few weeks ago. Well, hang on, let me reverse. I, I, if you, if, let's just put it this way in the abstract. If for any reason there's any problem at all with your, with your card, including getting this weird thing toward the end of the month where it says you've exceeded your limit on buying things on, from Apple, <laughs> a limit I never set, a limit Apple knows nothing about, a limit that PayPal knows nothing about. Yeah. It's just sometime around the 28th, I've bought too much stuff from Apple. Wah, wah. Well, now you can have this problem where none of your movies will work. None oh, of your apps yeah. will work. It's like if anything goes wrong, it's a single source of failure where if for any reason that stuff goes down, now you got to go through, we had a whole show about this, I think, one time, where you got to go through that, that bizarre site with the menu, the, the, the like command three style menu right. where you go through and say, you know, the Apple ID site, it's, it's incredibly Byzantine and you have to wait for a person somewhere to do stuff before you can fix a lot of these things. <laughs> right. And which yeah. is so, it's so weird. It's like, you know, like you don't want to get your fingers too near PayPal's mouth. Like don't taunt, <laughs> do not taunt happy fun payball. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel that way with Apple. Sometimes it seems like it, it's gotten more rickety. But but then something like that, the iCloud for iPad restore goes, and you're like, oh my god! My, right. my only my only bitchy addendum to that is I wish it would incorporate something just a little bit like rollbacks on Wikipedia. Oh, but did I mention the editorial also has versioning? Editorial lets you roll back to versions from inside the document. So nice. 
Yeah. But, but like, you know, a time machine, you can go in and when it works, you go in and you can say, restore this folder as it was in situ three months ago. I kind of wish that the cloud would keep, I don't know if you could do this with just basic like diffs or something, but it'd be nice if you could say, keep my last five backups. Because a lot of times when you want to back up is after you've done something catastrophic. Do you know what I mean? Like, what if you've accidentally just wiped a whole bunch of stuff? I kind of wish it had images. You know how, like, what is, what is uh, time? This is so boring. Time Machine keeps your last 24 hours by hour. It keeps your last, what does it, what does it remember? I don't know. I don't use it. Well, anyway, Time Machine remembers a lot of stuff often that's very recent. It remembers a, a fair amount of stuff from a little longer than that for not as long. And then it'll remember like, oh, this is a monthly image of this from you know, several months ago. Which makes sense, right? It makes sense that you could go, oh, something catastrophic happened. I want to roll back to a week ago. But also, if something happened and you, you left your computer at the Starbucks, you could potentially get stuff that you had on there like an hour ago right. because that's how Time Machine works. But um, I kind of wish that iCloud would do that. And again, it becomes part of this whole user experience problem. Um, again, something I talked about a lot, last Accidental Tech Podcast, which we can put in notes. Uh, Syracuse had a great thing on backup. And like, and how difficult, if you don't have a transporter or something, like how hard it is to get your relatives to understand that just having a hard drive plugged in is not a backup. I mean, you might be backing up your files, but you're not doing, you know, like a DMG image of your drive. You're not, you know what I mean? You don't have a way to really roll back. And you certainly probably don't have more than one way that you're doing that. That is com- still completely inaccessible to, to most um, civilians, especially now, again, to quote John, now that a lot of people have an iOS device, but not a, not a Mac, they might not even have a PC. Yeah, they, they have a connect. They might have one at work, but they they the whole value proposition is you can go out and buy an iPod Touch and you've joined the Apple ecosystem. Congratulations, run your credit card. But you know, I think for most people, it's not as easy as like go to iTunes and plug this in. I bet you every day you get a few hundred or thousand more people who just are never going to plug it into iTunes. And so that you know, they may not even know what's backed up into the cloud. This is really boring. I'm sorry. No, I think this is helping people. Yeah. This is what yeah. the show is all about. The show is really ultimately about helping people. I don't know. It's, it's one of my occasional rants that I, I keep it in my pants because, like, really, like, who cares? And I don't want to argue with people about it. But I, I still think it's really frustrating how incomplete the polish is on a lot of Apple stuff. Certainly the hardware, like, on an, on, you know, on an iPhone. Like, I think that's a pretty great nearly feature complete product like it works you're not going to have these weird crashes with a blue screen that doesn't happen so much on an iphone it's beautifully engineered the the way that the software and the hardware work together is great but like explain time machine to somebody over the phone explain how to set that up like explain oh and by the way you should encrypt that disc well i encrypted this disc but now i can't okay well you know oh should should you encrypt your uh at the um What's the, the, the thing where you run that, uh, the firmware? Should you do a firmware password on your laptop? Like, what if you lose that? I think from, you know, if they do have stuff like the, the, the thumbprint recognition on, on iPhone, that'll be swell. That'd be nice. But, I mean, it's, it's another one of these things where, like, you know, a computer is still a lot like owning an MG. Like, you still need to have a set of tools around where you need to know somebody who's a mechanic if you right. want to keep that thing on the road. I don't, I don't think, you know, everything will work great as long as everything works great. But once things stop working great, I think people are still very much on their own. And then you go see some pimply kid at the Genius Bar who's like, oh, I think we can. And they wipe it and your stuff is gone. And you go like, wait a minute, that was my computer. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. But with that said, your good news is very good. I've done that 
probably three or four, well, it must be more than that, probably half a dozen times where I've just gone, okay, um, I backed this up to the cloud and now I'm going to move everything over to this other iPad. And right. it totally, it totally worked. One time I had a, another, again, this only has to happen so often before you want to pull your hair out. But I had, I had that experience of the iPad restore working flawlessly a couple times. And then I went in and restored an iPad. And for some reason with a known good password, it, it would not work until I rebooted the iPad and tried again. I don't know why, but sometimes, you know what I mean? Sometimes stuff like that just happens. You have to say, like, this Roku is really easy to use, but you should probably unplug it and plug it back in sometimes. Like, <laughs> that's an odd thing to have to explain to people. What about this? You ever have problems where suddenly your purchases just aren't available on the Apple TV? And you're like, everything's fine. What is wrong? Uh, iTunes is not, not available right now. What does that mean? Everything's working. I'm on the internet. Well, you know what you got to do? You pull the plug out in the back, you plug it back in, and everything works flawlessly. I don't know why. But again, try to explain that to somebody over the phone. You're still there, right? Yeah, I'm listening to you. <sighs> we, should, we shouldn't talk about computers. It gets me all worked up, and I, I don't really care that much about it. I don't have any solution to it. You know, I, we just shouldn't talk about it. You got plenty of other computers. People like, they like, they want to be helped, you know? People want to be helped. Oh, well, I could, I could help the bejesus out of people. Hmm. Did you want to tell me about, uh, oh, we're 46 and that's not too bad. I, I, anything uh, else that you like, that you'd like to tell me about? Uh, yes, there's always something more to tell you about. Are we, are we at that, are we at that stage? No, I just said it because I wanted to baffle you. Huh. So, a uh, good week? Well, I'll, I'll tell you about it. It's Squarespace. Uh-huh. The all-in-one platform makes it easy to create your own website. And you know, uh, what, I'm, uh, what I'm working on uh, right now is trying to get, and we've talked about this before, um, get HiveLogic moved over so that I can update it. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to update my old site again. I think it's a great idea. And so what Squarespace lets you do is it lets you import import data from any, pretty much any other of the major publishing platforms. You can import your data over to these guys and you can try them out. You can try them out before you even, uh, before you even pay these guys. Cause you do have to pay. It winds up being eight bucks a year. No, I mean, eight bucks can a I, month. Can I jump in? I always say briefly here, but yeah, this is what I here. want to do. Okay. So here's the thing, um, apropos of our discussion we, we just had a minute ago, when you say import a site, now a lot of people might think, okay, you're going to go to this popular open source blog engine that you've had since 2004 and you're going to have to go in and select do you want posts do you want pages do you want you're not going to have to go in and like look up all the glossary stuff and then export it as a .xml file make sure everything's good hope all that C data got fixed no you go in you enter the credentials for your popular open source blogging engine site and it pulls it down for you you don't have to you don't your hands stay extremely clean and and the first time I did it I didn't think I did it from a type pad site and I, I just was a gog. Yeah, I mean, like, they bring everything, and it's it's not just like it's and a your straight site's up. There's your the site. Data. There's your site. You can go see if you like the way Squarespace works with your own data. You're not going to have to lower MIPS. Right, and that's the thing. Whenever I talk to people, they're like, "Well, I don't know if I'm going to be like the hell using it." I'm like, first of all, you're going to love using it because they, everything that they do, all their templates are responsive. Everything is just it's just perfect, and the way that you use this system is seamless. It's straightforward. You get in there and you can just focus on writing. You can focus on posting your images. You can focus on, hey, you're a developer. You want to integrate this with GitHub. You can just integrate it. It just works, you know, and it's 
It's so straightforward. It's so simple. You can upload your photos to Dropbox when you plug in your camera to your computer, and this thing will automatically catch it, and it'll throw it in there, and it'll, it'll turn it into a gallery if you sync these things up together. It's like anything that you might want to do online. That's they're magic. figuring out. That's so magic. It's really that amazing. It's cool. So uh, anyway, they, listen, they, they have uh, – here's something that, that, that we're going to start doing. Listeners of this show, Back to Work, if you can, send us links. And I think they should do this on Twitter. What do you think, Marley? I love Twitter. They could do this on, on Twitter. Send us a link to your Squarespace site. Is there a hashtag? Yeah, what hashtag should they use? <laughs> Octothorpe hashtag. No, uh, 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 see, I don't want to get into their branding issues. I, 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 don't, I feel like I, I'm unqualified. Uh, space me. How about square? How about just Squarespace? Like tag it Squarespace, and if it's to us, and uh, and and maybe we'll feature them on shows, and maybe they're gonna. They just asked us to collect some some cool sites. Maybe they want to feature them. Because the, the thing the is, you go listeners. and look at a Squarespace site, and you may be very surprised to discover that it's a Squarespace site. Right. It's so a, anyway, it's go amazing. to squarespace.com, and the code you're going to use to get this discount of 10% and take this thing eight bucks a month is Howard Chicken. <laughs> Howard Chicken, one word. Eight <laughs> bucks a month, it'll make it 10, 10% off everything you do over there. Squarespace.com, go check them out. Thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting Five by five and back to work. Oh, boy, every time better. Also, um, I see here on the Squarespace blog, which I'd like to visit, the Squarespace uh, commerce is now available in the UK or the H, the H UK, as you say. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. The, the HK. The H. The HK. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Alexander has dropped the H, but thank God Mike Hurley still says the H. HTC. It's important. Fish and chips. Chips and pin. Fish and cushion. That's number one. All right, moving on. <clears throat> I get, I, I, it seems too late now to have a topic. <clears throat> God damn it. I've never been so happy that a computer died. I'm just sitting here, I'm full of glee. Are you? Glee, I'm like te- the show. I hey, watch Purple. glee. Look at me, I steal songs. I'm teeming with glee. I'm glee teeming. <sighs> what do you want to talk about? I don't know. You have some topic you kept. Well, now we shuck and jive and talked about computers. Well, we got and- a lot done for an, almost an hour already. We're yeah. helping. It's about helping people. Uh, we recorded and I released a new Roderick on the line last night. And we talked about something on there that we've talked about on here that got me thinking. And I, I'd like to address it again. There's, that, there's this phrase that we've used before that still goes through my head a lot. Um, there's two parts to this. The first part is that phrase, what do you want 10 times more of? I think that's an idea that's kind of resonated with people, you, you know? And the original conversation was, well, you know, when you're thinking about what it is that you want as a change, if you want a different kind of job, if you want a different kind of anything, ask yourself what you want, what it is that you want more of. And a really direct way to think about that is in like how you, how you would like to be treated. Like if you perceive that your job is, is not working out for you, you're not getting what you want out of it, you, maybe you feel kind of disrespected and it's not getting better. It helps to ask yourself, like, what would you, would you like a ton more of that? Because what evidence is there to show you that things are going to get better? Do you remember this discussion? I do. What do you think of that? No, I think it's a great, it's a great thing because w- you're investing time in making things the way that they are. 
you're, you're investing time and energy in something, even if that's the perpetuation of the current situation. Yeah. I mean, you know, saying nothing is a tacit yes in life. Right. A lot of the time in a situation like he that. He who remains silent is understood to consent. Is that, is that, is that from uh, the Pentateuch? That's a Talmud. Oh. No, I think hmm. that's a uh, Romans uh, 10, 14. Oh, okay. And that's, uh, is that the flea flicker? Mm-hmm. That's the long, long bomb Hail long Mary? Long form, long form writing. Mother of football. Um, good week, uh, big week. <laughs> I, anyway, I was talking to John about that because we were talking about um, a, a, another related discussion. I don't have an exact topic here, but there's something in this. Is that we talked about the keys, the number of keys that you carry around, right? And, you know, I was postulating along the lines of this, what do you want 10 times more of, that um, I, I feel like, you know, this is a total rehash of what I said yesterday, but people don't listen to all the shows. So, but you know, it, like to me, keys can become a certain kind of obligation. Like you see people who have tons and tons and tons of keys. And to me, I, I just, I think a lot about in figuring about like what, what you'd want next, like what do you want in life? Like how much more complexity would you want to add to your life? Do you want N times more complexity? And like, how would you know when you've added enough new complexity to your life? Right. Because, you know, I, I think of every, when I see people with tons and tons and tons of keys, it, it just always, I feel like it doesn't give the impression that people w- would always like it to give. I think when people like carry a whole big ring of keys, maybe they need them all. I, ca- I can't imagine people who really need like 40 keys. Like, oh, this is for my other boat. You know, this is, this is for, you know, Tyler's uh, dog's kennel or whatever. And um, I don't know. I just, I think it's something that people ask us about a lot. It's people, something people talk about or remember a lot from the show are these things about trying, uh, reaching some kind of a crossroads and thinking about what you could, should, or might do next Mm -hmm. and not being sure what kind of metrics to apply. So I don't know if there's anything to that. How many keys do you have on your key ring? I have two. (laughs) Really? Yeah. What are they? Uh, The main house key and the main uh, office door. That's exactly what I have on my keychain. I have exactly two keys on my keychain. So you don't oh, and I, oh, well, wait a minute. Technically, I do have the car key because it's that giant car fob. But like in my mind, that's transformed into the keychain. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it is three. It is three. I apologize. Well, that's okay. I, but whenever I rent a car, I'm always, uh, um, I, I can't believe how large keys are. It seems very, very strange to me. I mean, our car is manual everything. So we're, you know, there's nothing that we could click on our key to make anything happen. <laughs> we yeah. look a little bit mental. Boop, boop. But, um, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything to this. Um, but it seems like in, almost inevitably when I end up talking to somebody about their stuff, you know, stuff we talk about in here, but then I'll talk to like individual people about their stuff. I, I sometimes think that that's, that's a good question to ask yourself is like, what is it that you would want more of? And the reason the keys come into it to me is you go like, okay, think of it this way. I've reached a certain point in life where I've accepted a certain amount or accepted or have been visited with a certain amount of complexity. So to me, a key is another piece of complexity. Maybe, maybe, maybe I sound like, I don't know, some kind of Jack Kerouac character or something, but like to me, like every key you put on there, like you have a payment on that house now. Like you, that's a fan belt for that car on there, right? That's going to be a, a barnacle scraping for your, for your boat or whatever. That office is rent that you have to pay every month. And for some people, I think that's a sign of success, uh, it's not a criticism. I, I think that is, it was not, is that not valid to say no, it's very that valid. I have, I have these things in my life now. I now have like two or three cars 
And then I have different remotes for the garages for the cars. Mm-hmm. And I've got stuff for my stuff. And all of these keys become emblematic of my responsibility. And yes, my ownership of these things. I own these things. And if you like having all those things, then that's really good. Plus you get that cool keychain with all the keys on it. But I sometimes wonder if, you know, if, if the question to ask yourself is like how many more keys you really want, like how many more you really need keys writ large. Do you know what I mean? No, I totally do. Because each one of those represents some kind of yet additional responsibility, uh, additional tasks to perform. And that's the thing. Now there, I do have more keys, but I don't keep them with me. I have them in my bag that I take the laptop and then I go back and forth to work with, you know, that's a key ring that's in there for like all the offices inside. So once I get into the main office with the one main key, then I could go to set of keys number two, but I try to compartmentalize. But it's also, I mean, if it's not obvious and I hope it's obvious, it's an analogy. I mean, yes, it certainly is about carrying a lot of keys around because, you know, okay, you got a lot of keys, but I also mean it as, as an analogy because you think about, Again, another thing I said to to Roderick was like, I feel like one metric for success in life is that your life becomes less rather than more complex. Mm-hmm. Unless you choose to. If you like it being complex, I mean, think about like if you like if you're like well, I'm trying to think of a non-controversial example. But if you are like if you're cheating on your mate, if you're moonlighting at work, mm. if you've got something that that's complexity. Because now you have to think about what you're doing and you have to think about like what people are seeing about what you're doing. Just, just as an example, like that's a complexity that might be really fun, but it starts to add up. You know, like you go and watch that, uh, what's that Michael Douglas movie with the rabbit? F- fatal, oh, uh, fatal, fatal death blow. What's it called? No, fatal uh, Instinct? The, the one you're thinking about with the, uh, the, with the who, who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that's right. And, and then the rabbit in that one is, is Jessica and, uh, and he's got his daughter. She's not bad. You never know. You never know what stuff is going to turn into. And, you know, I don't know. I, I've, got, I've got like three different things going on here. But I guess the, the way that we talked about this recently was in the context of being young and having multiple jobs where that weren't very satisfying, mm-hmm. didn't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And each job that you add, and God, this is so true for client work too. Every client that you add brings with it a certain amount of overhead. Because, I mean... Well, and you know, uh, that's, that's the thing I remember when I, I think... I'm, almost positive we've talked about this a while ago when we were talking like about consulting and work and things is that that project that you take on that's a $1,500 project that person who's spending their 1500 bucks with you probably thinks it's pretty damn important mm-hmm. and they probably think to them it's as important as the client that you just signed on for the 15 or $50,000 project thinks their project is to them you know it's it's equal in their minds and they are going to want just as much attention uh, and as, as the, the big client does. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't charge in a way that aligns with their expectation and your ability and by ability, I mean, not just skills, but your ability to deliver what they expect. I mean, you're going to be entering a world of pain because that's a world of pain. <laughs> smoking Over the line. <laughs> it's been a while, huh? Yeah, been a while. I know. Still got it. Um, and so obviously then, hmm, am I wrong? (laughs) That that does get into these issues of how much you value what what you do for sure. But I guess, gosh, you know, to me, that's the second part of client work. The second part of client work is dealing with those expectations. But without going into too much detail, the first part to me is like getting through engagement. 
Like it blows my mind sometimes how much time it takes to get through, in my case, like getting a deposit for something. You know what I mean? Like somebody comes in with a certain expectation about what you're going to do over a certain amount of time. And you're like, okay, that's, that's great. But like, this isn't really a thing until we've talked about and dealt with the money problem. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that alone, I'm, I'm kind of glad I don't keep track of how much time I spend on that. Because I think if I did, it would be really mind-blowing. But it's not, just, it's not just engagement. It's not just getting paid. It's also things like having to send, having to send out, this sounds so silly, but like having to send out the invoices, having to follow up, like having to make sure that you're working with the accounts person, in your case maybe, to be within the budget. Um, setting aside even having to go out and market what you're doing or sell what you're doing to people, right? I mean, it's not, it isn't like you just sit around with a big basket and wait for, for money to fall out of the sky. If you're on your own, like, well, that's the problem. You are on your own. You're responsible mm-hmm. for all of that stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I found that, 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 that 10X thing to be really effective, even if I don't always follow what my mind and my heart tell me. Mm-hmm. I think it's still a good question to ask yourself. So in in this case, talking about like freelance work, if you if the new keys that you're looking for is oh, I want to get five new clients this this month, well, are they going to be five really good clients? Because like, what if you really thought of it in terms of like that's a little piece of metal that you have to carry around with you? Well, that's five new clients, and if you're like me and you're a little bit paranoid as a, as a former project manager, I tend to think about what could go wrong with this. So like if everything went wrong with those five clients, what would your next month look like? But what a sad sack way to look at it. But to me, that's kind of a grown up way to look at it. Once you're in any racket long enough, you realize that you have to account for how things can go wrong. And if you just see that as, oh my gosh, here's the maximum amount of money I've ever guessed I could make for something times five. Well, I'll be able to retire in a month. Like this is going to be amazing. But like what if, what if one of those suddenly... Take, starts taking up more time than you, than you like. What if, as is so often the case in my experience, you and your client or whomever, your person you're working with, you get a little out of sync on how often you're going to talk to each other and update each other. And pretty soon, I'll talk to you later today, turns into I'll talk to you tomorrow, turns into, oh, now it's Friday, I'll talk to you next week. And what are the ramifications of that? Because each one of those new things in, in, in the Joel Spolsky parlance, like each one of those blocks that you put into your box, it takes up the same amount of time no matter what. And, and so like, what if you, what if you, let's say you've got three new clients in the next, anybody who's doing, you know, freelance work or, or you took on three new jobs at work with maybe you in, in a matrix system with people that you hadn't worked with before, but like you, you bring in three new things. Well, let's say one of them is a pretty garden variety project. One of them turns out to have a little bit of scope creep as well as a little bit of the deadlines drop in. Maybe the budget was not clearly enough to find. Maybe they just haven't paid that invoice yet. So now you're kind of working for free and having never been paid by that person, you have no reason to believe you ever will be paid. I think that's a good thing to be aware of. If you've never been paid by somebody, there's no reason to believe you'll ever be paid. That's problematic. But then what if that, that third client turns out to be a fantastic person to work with and they very gently say, hey, you know, you're doing such a great job and you're getting it done so fast. What Could you do this extra piece and we would like double the budget for this mm-hmm. over the next two months? So now what are you doing? Now you're scurrying around having to deal with this putz over here, the middle of the road dude over here. And this one guy here who you're like, oh, I can't believe, like the song says, it's sad to belong to someone else when the right one comes along. Like if you had vetted all of those people in the same way and accounted for that, well, suddenly that it doesn't seem like such a bargain. And you know who's going to get the worst of it probably is the, the middle of the road dude. Because you, you, know, you don't have time to do normal work anymore. Right. 
you have time, you have to find time to go deal with this irate person who hasn't paid you. And then you have to find, obviously, if you have half a brain, you'll find the time to try and lavish more attention on that other person. Mm -hmm. So we've covered this ground before, but it's a, it's a little bit, I guess, um, murky in my head, but I I just always feel like, what if, what if you got tons more of exactly this thing in, or not even exactly the same thing? What, what, What if this went worse in the same trend line that it's going right now? You know, or what if it, you can certainly think about what if it went better, but that's not a guarantee. That's never a guarantee. Yeah. I don't know. It does come down to a time and attention issue, I guess. Just thinking about how many, how many things you want to take on. I, I don't know. I exchanged some emails with a friend of mine the other day. She was asking specifically about how to deal with the whole inbox problem. And in her case, somebody asked her to work on this project, a friend of hers. And it's, you know, a reasonable deadline. They need something in a couple weeks, but it would have been free work as a favor to somebody she really likes who she likes doing a favor for but she's like I don't know what to do with this it's in my inbox and I'm not even sure what I want to do about it and I was like well you know in my kind of historically in my parlance what I would say is well you know get it out of the inbox so if you know you're never going to do anything about it ever ever write back to the person and say sorry I can't do it and never think about it again. If you don't need to respond to it at all just to get it out of the inbox. I don't think that's what happens with most people. I think most of us sit around and there are very few things on the continuum that are are obviously completely 100% perfect forever versus the worst thing in the world forever. It's it's in between and has to be evaluated. So you could afford the cost of of procrastinating about dealing with that one thing, but can you afford doing 10 times that much? Could you afford constantly having 10 things in your inbox that you haven't made a decision about? And consequently, do you want more of that? Like, when do you have a good day to like start getting your hands around that problem? Mm-hmm. Because again, like how you spend your day, that's, that, that's what you're going to do now. What you do now is not do stuff. You think about stuff or you may sit around and worry about missed opportunities. I don't know. I'm all over the map. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's, you go, you talk about missed opportunities and I think that is something that, and I've talked to you about fear. You combine those two things and, you know, you, you wind up with a situation I think a lot of people find themselves in. And that is, they're not afraid to do something. They become afraid to not do it. I hope that doesn't, is not derailing what you're talking about. So it's not that you're thinking negatively exactly, right? but you're thinking more in terms you're more into, it's like, uh, okay, so yeah, a position of fear. Where yes. you're like, if I don't do this, bad things are going to happen. Exactly. And, I know and that, that if happens I do at work this, all the time. It happens at work all the time. It used to for me. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a way of trying to inoculate yourself mm-hmm. in some ways. Where like, okay, if somebody asks me to do this dumb thing, I've got to do it. Because yeah. me CYA. having CYA, but also just living with my private shame of doing this thing I know I shouldn't even be bothering with it's easier for me to deal with than to have to have a potential confrontation with the person in my mind where I would say, you know, let's talk about this. This, Let's talk about what you really need here Mm -hmm. and how we could, you know, again, a phrase that I use, this is, I hate to give my trick away here, but something I said to my friend in that email was that if I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to do something, it could be something I don't want to do. But honestly, I will say sometimes to people, I, given the budget and the deadlines or the whatever, um, I'm not going to be able to do a high quality version of this given the constraints. Mm -hmm. And for most often, let's be honest, it's time. Like it might be the greatest thing in the world, but if you don't have time to add that, that, that new wad of the unknown into your life, 
I mean, you have to account for that. If you don't leave slack for where things can go wrong, you know, with your family and, and your life and your work, like how much of that new stuff do you want to jam in just so you never have to have that conversation? Well, now you've got, you've just bought yourself 10 times more of an incredibly frustrating experience. And if your typical MO is like you and me to just go into your little quiet place and, and go, or I'm going to have to go work on this thing. And you just, pretty soon you're not doing cool stuff anymore. And, and pretty soon you're, you know, kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. The fear, the fear thing is uh, is a big part of it. I also think that 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 you know we we'd like to have that big ring of keys to show people, but <laughs> you know it's it's no indication that like we can afford everything on that keychain, or that we can keep it maintained in the way that we'd like, or that you know, I mean, how many keychains do you really need until mm-hmm. you feel like you you're whole? You know, hmm. hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Not really. That's yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to say good last for your next book. You call it "Big Ring of Keys." Big Ring of Keys. Big, uh, I, I, I'm going to we'll close, we can close on this one thing. Maybe um, estimating errors come into this as well. I think because if we take the most conservative estimate on anything, we're, we're you can basically expect to get your butt handed to you at some point. If you project the budget for something, for a job you really want, if you project the budget for that to be incredibly conservative and you have not accounted for how many things could go wrong or, you know, I, and this is, I got to say, guys, if you've never worked with somebody before, please build in a cushion. Build in a cushion for time, build in a cushion for budget. Because, it, you know, it would be, it's crazy. It's like walking up to the altar and saying, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Let's get married. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't even know if that person puts the cap on the toothpaste the way you'd like. And now you're going you're gonna to, like, go reject other work to be with this person. Well, you've, you've got to both feel confident that this can work out okay. And I actually think sometimes if the engagement process does not go well, <laughs> engagement in the business sense, then maybe that's not going to be the best working relationship either, Right. If you've, got a, if you've got a big responsibility to pay you in a timely manner that yeah. other people don't have a problem with, I mean, is that somebody you're going to be working with for five years? Mm. So there's the estimating error of being too conservative about how this will go. And anybody who's done any project management work will eventually have the scars to show for this. So, you, you know, if you're too permissive about that, that's going to come back to bite you in the butt. On the other end of it, if you're too liberal or generous about estimating how much your net profit for something will be, um, what the impact of something will be. Well, neither one of those is going to serve you well. I think, I think one benefit of working with something over time and having some experience and having some failures, if you like, is that you get better at making those estimations and you get better about realizing that you'll always move on to something else after that. It's, it's not, none of those are going to be the end of the world, but you, you could become cynical and, and uh, a bad person like me and go, hmm, something about this just doesn't smell right. <laughs> right? Something about this is not making me feel great. And I would rather, maybe this is too conservative on my part, but I'm much more likely to say thank you for your time than to like keep standing over that and going like, will we ever be able to work well together? Because you never know. That The 10 times more that you get from that might be, well, I once I agree to do something for a certain amount of money, or once you agree to do a project at work, you've lost almost all of your bargaining power. Like I was watching Eight Men Out, uh, yesterday about the Black Sox scandal. Such a great movie. John Sayles movie from 1988, maybe. Um, and basically these gamblers, spoiler alert, these gamblers go in and essentially agree, they get eight of the, I think technically seven, but I don't think, I don't think Buck Weaver actually did it. I don't think he actually did it. But you go in and you bribe this team to throw the World Series. 
And some of the guys, like, they got a little money or they got no money because once they'd agreed to throw the game, they kind of had to stick with it because now they've agreed to take money from mobsters. So they go into it with big, big pie eyes thinking, I'm going to walk away with, you know, $20,000. Well, they've lost a lot of their bargaining power once they've agreed to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think, that, I think that happens at work all the time. You know, once, once you've agreed to do something with somebody without knowing that they will honor that side of the deal, whether it's crooked or straight, I think, I think you're kind of screwed. That's depressing. Depressing as hell. It's a good movie, though. You know what's good in that is Studs Terkel. Who? Studs Terkel. What are you thinking of? I don't know. I don't know. Ron Jeremy? What's his name? Jeremy Livingston? Who am I thinking of? Jeremy Levine. (laughs) Okay. You want to button this up? Yeah, all right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. (laughs) 